cartoon commentary is not intended for children. Tom, Keith, and Corey are usually wrong, and anything they say can and probably will offend you. Apologies in advance. Commence the podcast. Cartoon commentary. Yeah, I know. I don't care. I don't give a shit about that guy. He's I wonder a... if he has his headset so he could like hear us, but he can't respond. I, I think that's probably yeah. the case. Yep. There we go. <laughs> of course he does. So he can't, he does it so he can't talk shit. Hey Tom. Yeah. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> You're a dick. Talking shit about right, me. Try. So wait, Dick so Cheney or Dick Arnold? I wish I could have. Both. I wish I could have. I wish I could have uh, timed it so I just like start whispering in Tom's ear as he pees. <laughs> it's so just fucking like, creepy. Just like, oh man, good good stream, real continuous. Get all the bubbles. <laughs> you see that little fleck of poop on the back of the bowl? Get that thing. Clean, clean that off. Come on. That'll save you some bleach later. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. glad it's not just me. Yep. It, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I you think everyone, uh, everyone does it. Even girls. <laughs> they just. <laughs> they, they no no they do the more shot kind of brooch where it's just spray and pray. They just Oof. sit down and they just hope that it hits. Oof. Whatever, because well they can't see it. They're sitting there They're like. Let's be honest. Spray and pray. That's true. Sh- shotgun terminology. Yeah. Because oh, it does come out with girls with just one blast, right? Is that that's that's if what that's they told, what you need to believe, Keith? That's what they told me in elementary school health class. Was that it was just boom? It was but like who's, a, hold on, hold on, cannon, hold on. cannon fire. Who, who who is they in that scenario? Yeah. Oh, that weird person that they brought in for that one day that taught everybody about all the. All the bad things that happen to your body. Homeless Joe? <laughs> actually, I'm just I, imagining like a Dave Chappelle skit here. <laughs> actually, I think it was Mr. Nyrick, but you know, whatever. Oh, wow. Full. Why don't you say his whole government name for us? Jesus. I said Mr. <laughs> There's got to be more than one guy, one male <laughs> with the last name Nyrick. <laughs> yeah, but they all teach at schools. Yep. <laughs> uh, what's up, Internet? Welcome to Cartoon Commentary, a podcast where three true believers in their 30s talk about old, new, and sometimes awesome childhood-defining cartoons. I'm Corey, Colossus, Zamir. I'm Tom, Professor O. O'Connell. I'm Keith, Pyro Barnofsky. So you're a weird Australian dude. Well, yeah, but he's got cool. He's got firepower, man. That's There's a shit. lot of Australian. Oh, there really don't, is. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I I put there's there's a there's a lot of things that I wrote down that are in total caps yeah. locks. <laughs> <laughs> I I was screaming at myself. Yeah. All right. Uh, so last week. On Cartoon Commentary, we watched 
uh, Deadly Reunions, the fourth episode of the first season of X-Men, the animated series. And that made me want to pick one of my favorite childhood cartoons that only ever got one episode. It was a pilot episode, X-Men, Pride of the X-Men, since I was up next. Uh, this was originally broadcast in 1989 on the uh, Marvel Action Universe uh, TV block, which I only know from reading a Wikipedia article. I don't remember it actually ever being on TV personally. I just had the VHS tape. Um, I was going to say, this is this is a deep pull. And, like, I actually, yeah. in the beginning of this, like, we watched this. It's on YouTube. You can just Google it. And it yeah. starts off with the first thing a, that pops up. It starts off, yeah. yes. But it starts off with a weird live action, as you said, Corey, live action oh, Spider-Man. <laughs> I'll explain that. Go, oh, go ahead. God, yes, please do. Well, that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. That's um, true. So, one interesting note I had about uh, this episode or this cartoon in general. And I realized it a while ago, you know, by having eyes that can see. But I confirmed <laughs> it when I looked on Wikipedia that this series, or I guess this one episode, was the basis of everybody's favorite arcade game, X-Men the Arcade Game. It and felt you can, like it. It like, totally when you like see it. these character designs, you're just like, oh, wow, that's what that's from. Mm -hmm. But this is, I guess, the opposite of that's what that is from. <laughs> you know, this one came <laughs> first. Right. Yeah. Uh, and another odd note I saw about this is apparently they got the funding for this episode from the budget for the RoboCop animated series. What? So if you were a big fan of RoboCop the Animated Series, the reason you didn't get a 13th episode in Season 1 is because of this show. <laughs> it's because they spent it on this show to do one yeah. fucking episode? Well, this was this was a pilot episode, so that means that they wanted it to get picked up, which back in like 1989, Marvel was not doing well. Marvel wasn't always the uh, powerhouse in film that they are now today. Yeah. Well... Owned by Disney and everything. I mean, at the same time, though, like, RoboCop back then must have been, well, 89. Well, RoboCop was, it, like, so have you seen the RoboCop movies recently? Like, as an adult? Uh, no. Maybe, like, 10 years ago? So, one thing you probably don't realize about RoboCop is it definitely, definitely, definitely wasn't intended and marketed towards kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Like, Robo, RoboCop was gruesome. A guy got melted yeah. with acid. And, like, yeah. Robo, yeah. RoboCop himself was, like, murdered with with dozens, if Ex not hundreds, of bullets. And then... Excessive violence. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is a great scene, by the way. And, and... Hey, Tom. Whatever happened to your audio, it's awful. Well, let me play with the wire. Hold on. I'm pretty sure it switched to we call it? an auxiliary audio because something disconnected. Uh, just proceed. I, I, I can fix it. Tom, Tom sounds like he's our like correspondent out yeah. on the street or something. Right? Yeah, it, it, it's... it's I, I was playing in the background with the sound levels with the... 
sounds like you're Whoa. still in your bathroom. <laughs> you're still in your bathroom broadcasting from the toilet. Tom, tell us how that shit's going. <laughs> it switched over to the headset one. And whoa, I whoa, whoa. Out, your, so. your shit switched over to the headset, so you are relegated uh, to the earbuds at this point. Okay. That's correct. Back to you, Corey. <laughs> so as we were saying before, uh, the YouTube video and actually the VHS tape, of course, starts with a live-action Spider-Man telling small children to register to vote at their local video store. I didn't know we like, could do who, that. Like, who was this? Who, I, exactly, like, in I 1989, mean, that's such a weird thing. Like, well, who are you targeting with this ad? Well, granted, I was three at the time so yeah i was not able to register but at the same time registering at your local video store that that also begs the question of like what do you mean by video store like video game rental video game purchase exactly that's video, that's what i was thinking like i was just like is this like movie videos blockbuster is this where you bought the vhs tape like oh, okay. is this caldor ames you know, somewhere like that. Like, what is your video store? Google something. Yeah, and I, I always thought that was kind of interesting that that's how they started it out. Um, it was, it was, it was awkward. It was an awkward uh, just PSA. Um, and by the way, you when... tell them Spider Man sent you. <laughs> right. I, I um. I Googled it. Nothing came up. It's all just how to register, how to vote. Because obviously that, that campaign has been that done information would for not have... 30 years. No one would have bothered so... putting that inter- on the internet no. if it was in 1989. Well, obviously it was a failed campaign on top of it. Yeah. So, uh, it, would so be the really, thing... it would be really funny, though, to find there's probably a, a blockbuster, at least one maybe out there. If not, then... Just an independent mom and pop uh, video store that had not been driven out of Blockbuster twenty years prior, and just walk in there and just go, "Yeah, um, I just watched this episode of X Men, and uh, I want to register to vote." Yeah, <laughs> and just just, just like make show him... me on this tape where it told you you could come here to register to vote. <laughs> yeah, and you just show right him. at the beginning, and sir. Be like, "Fucking Spider Man told me, are you gonna doubt God damn it, Spider Man?" <laughs> Well, you know how many people Spider-Man has sent down here to the video store? We sell videos. You, you We're make, not here to you, make you register to vote. You make that clerk call like the the town the town hall, right? They're making minimum wage, and you're just like, call the fucking town hall. And they're just like, oh, God. Okay, I'll call the town hall and get the registration paperwork. Like, I don't get paid enough to be here for all this this bullshit of these people. This is the third time today that somebody's come in here and told me that Spider-Man told me to come down here and vote. So that's, that's where we're at right now. Tom, glad that your audio is fixed now. I can hear yes. you. Glad you they see, could join yeah. us in the studio. Yeah. You sound yeah. like a real person again. Yes. Thank He's you. A real boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm a real boy. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Sorry about that. I started listening to you guys I fixed the problem, and then I just was just listening. I'm like, oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, yeah, I'm part of the podcast. i got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel free to join in. Yeah, um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, real quick. Uh, yeah, that's Spider-Man. Uh, 
pretty pretty something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Great, 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 great yes. Hey, that Spider-Man guy. I heard. I heard he gives everybody one. <laughs> Just one. Just one. Yep. He didn't say one of what, but whatever. Oh, whatever you want it's dealer's choice hey listeners Corey here real quick to see if you can help us out and grow the podcast by leaving a five star rating on itunes also if you enjoy the show wouldn't it be great to share it with friends and family just a suggestion and he's basically just like be careful there could be mutants anywhere they could be right next to you school children and he's like He's like panicking people in the first part of the Stan Lee openers. Like mutants could be anybody, and it's. Good I thing know he didn't say predators. It's true. I know that he's probably <laughs> trying up, to. He's trying to be dramatic, and he's trying to basically say like a mutant, like a mutant could be anybody, and like don't judge people by their cover. But the tone he's I don't using think he's is going like that far. Well, mm. I feel like that was maybe the original intent, <laughs> but like. Because he was being dramatic about it, I feel like he was just like, they could be fucking anywhere. Watch your fucking back. Oh, by the way, some are good and some are bad. So, whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this starts off with an awesome Stanley narration, which explains basically everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, Magneto is being hauled by a military convoy that has a bunch of homo sapiens talking racist shit about Homo Superior, you know, general X-Men stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I would ask is, how the fuck did Magneto even get captured in the first place? Um, fucking right. This uh, like, the, the X-Men episode? didn't, like, the X-Men weren't like, oh, he broke out when we captured him. No. It's just like, how <laughs> do you even get in, like, with yeah. how powerful Magneto is, like, what happened? Like, did they catch him... When he was asleep? I mean, Like, did they literally bust down his door when he was asleep somewhere? Was he on the shitter? It's it's very... His headset wasn't working. It's very... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's very explainable. Um, It's the first episode, which is the pilot episode of the series, which is the only time that they would have captured Magneto ever. Because once they revealed his powers it wouldn't make sense to be able to capture him. So the only time he could be captured is literally starting out the episode with him already being captured in episode one of season one. Like it's your baddest bad guy starts off. Could, yeah. Could, could one of you explain something to me? He's surrounded by metal. Could, uh, well, whatever like that a... force field that he's okay. stuck in is yeah. apparently suppressing his powers, I guess. Okay. Question yeah. mark? Yeah, you know, I was just trying to figure that. I'm like, is is the force field holding him in place? Okay, it might be holding him in place, well, but is it counteracting Because like, he's, he's, like, trying or... to bust out of there, and it's, like, warping mm. as he's doing for, it. For as, much, um, for as much exposition that happens in this episode... None of this is explained for for Magneto, like zero, like as far as why he like why he was captured, how he was captured, how he's able to be contained, why is he breaking out on his own? So, yeah. yeah, and I was even like thinking along the lines of like maybe he wanted to be captured, but there would have been no point. He didn't gain anything from that. 
It's just, I guess, someone who, whoever wrote this was like, let's have X, uh, uh, white queen introduce herself by breaking Magneto out of some sort of captivity. Well, then and again, that's how maybe, maybe there was a point though, because he's uh, the brotherhood of, what is it? The mutant terrorists. Mutant terrorists. So he gets captured. Which is on a purpose. horrible name. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the Brotherhood of Mutant Terrorists. So he gets captured on purpose. So that way, they know that he's like a leader. They're gonna send all of the guard there, and then he could. He knows he could break out at any point. But he. I mean, let's be honest. So. Like, that in itself is a terrorist attack to break him out because they basically try to murder all those guys, right? Well, here's the thing, and we kind of talked about this in the last episode when we were talking about the Magneto from the animated series, and the Magneto there is basically the hero. Yeah. If you look at it from a different point of view. Mm. Now, anybody that's calling themselves like I, I think it's like the naming conventions of x-men villains is kind of horrible in the sense of like in the comics they're called the brotherhood of evil mutants so that means you guys are identifying yourselves as evil when in fact anybody who's the villain usually just is thinking they're the hero of their own story from a different point of view true mm-hmm. So, like, declaring yourself, you know, an evil faction is kind of ridiculous unless you're Skeletor from Masters of the Universe. Ha, 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 evil, yeah. you know, you're, like, you're like unless up, you're specifically evil. You're, you're chaotic evil. And that's you're why like, you're doing I'm it. Yeah. trying to be evil in the most wild of ways. Yeah, like, Magneto is literally just fighting for his people. At least that's the way he sees it. Mm-hmm. So, I think... it it was actually a little bit shocking to me when I was watching this and they were just like, uh, my brotherhood of mutant terrorists is just like, God damn. <laughs> like, holy that's, shit. Like, that's, that's a weird team to declare yourself a part of. I well, mean, especially I like, in this day and age, like maybe in 1989, it wasn't that harsh. Well, but that's the thing is, I feel like in 1989, damn. it probably wasn't. That was very pre- war on terrorism. all the terrorist like, attacks well, I mean, like, <laughs> like uh, there were some before but geez yeah like 9-11 and yeah know, i mean there was there, there was definitely some before that but like 9-11 was huge there's been a lot of afterwards um i feel like that was before terrorist was like a real commonly used word for people that do maliciously I feel like it was... murderous stuff to create yeah, terror. I feel like it was used a little too freely back then. I think it was used... Like, you can just... Mm. You can call anybody who was evil a terrorist. Exactly. Because but it was even, more so Even if just... they weren't committing acts of terror, technically. I feel like... Although I... I would say what Magneto does is commit acts of terror. I mean, well, he's uh... gonna blow up a fucking planet That's in true. this episode. Oh, yeah, no. He's, he's, he's like the worst terrorist of them all, but... Yeah. At the, <laughs> at the same time... It's I... just weird for him to identify as it. That's true. Wow. Mm-hmm. We could have learned a lot from this if we just saw it way earlier. <laughs> Well, right, I mean, so Corey, anyway. you did, but you, and, wait, Corey, Corey, you saw this way earlier, and you just took this knowledge and did nothing with it. 
I bl- I blacked it out. I just, <laughs> you know, I it was like, I don't know. It's I I took it the way a kid in nineteen ninety something when I saw it would have taken it. Oh, it's true. You you were just like I probably didn't know what the terrorist word awesome. meant. <laughs> you were like, man, I love superpowers. Great. Well, no, I I my my family used to make fun of me. Because they'd be over, like, my cousins would come over, and I'd be sitting in front of the TV watching this on repeat, and back then I would be, like, saying the lines as they were being said, because uh-huh. I didn't realize I had an <laughs> audience, and they'd just be like, he watches this tape a lot, huh? <laughs> wow. Like, I would be quoting every fucking line, playing along with my, my X-Men action figures, playing out the scenes and shit. So you just like um, turn back to them and just go shut the fuck up or I'm gonna bring a comet down. Well, the thing is, I didn't know about this at the time. I was I was told about this later uh, from my mom. Um, so anyway, <laughs> the White Queen comes to break him out using her powers of mental manipulation uh, to convince the convoy that they are in quicksand. Another very nineties yep. kind of thing yes. where it's just like, oh, anytime. You're sinking, it's obviously quicksand, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though I feel like that's such a rare occurrence to actually come across in real life. It is, but a uh, very deadly yeah. one. Yeah. Magneto breaks free, declaring that when his Brotherhood of Mutant Terrorists are through, human humanity won't have a place on Earth. And then he uh, breaks apart the uh, main human army guy general or whatever i don't know if they actually name him uh colonel he breaks he apart his gun yep probably mm. i'm pretty sure they do name him i just don't remember i didn't write it down mm. uh and he throws him out using the uh gun as like a yeah like a shock like a, a belt body, a body shackle yeah, yeah. and you he's know, just like swatting a net i found it very i remember always liking that line the the uh you know, the colonel guy, he's trash-talking Magneto and, and mutants in general, and, you know, stinking mutants. I remember that. Yep. He, he uses that word, you know, expression, and, yeah, you bunch of murderous, stinking mutants, uh, murderer, murderer, murderer. He, he used murderer or murderous a couple times to describe Magneto. Then Magneto... And then he doesn't get killed. <laughs> breaks free and doesn't kill a single person. He he yeah. just he apprehends them and then ties them up with parts of a gun that he bends. Which, once again, to New Age Magneto, New Age Magneto would just be like, oh, I broke out. You're all dead. Yeah, all your guns are now pointing at you and they're pulling the trigger. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, so apparently... Yeah. But the thing this, is, what this they was... could have... This was back in the day, right? If you look mm-hmm. at this as like a Amen. linear a linear timeline of his character development, this was back in the day. And stuff nowadays, he's learned. Oh, no second chances. You're done. <laughs> like, Yeah, the, the Magneto in both this and the animated series that we watched last week, they kind of like, he kind of handles everybody with kid gloves. Yeah. Yeah. And like when he's dealing with other mutants, like I can kind of see why because like he doesn't really view even the X-Men who are his enemy, he still would rather 
turn one of them into an ally by convincing them to join him rather than just like swatting them all out and killing them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, especially with this X-Men team that they have in this one in particular, there's two members that he could just kill outright anytime he wanted to with Wolverine and Colossus. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't even be a thought. True. Um, so, they end up escaping, and we are at the X-Mansion where Kitty Pride is being dropped off after receiving a letter from Charles Xavier. He explains to her, or actually, uh, he sends his mental projection, because I guess he's too lazy to wheel his ass down a hallway. Oh, I... I thought the same thing because yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, it's not so like he went far. I was like, "He's busy." All right, so he sent the mental projection, and then she literally walked down the hallway to like the first fucking room, <laughs> and then he's there. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh like, no, feel... he's he's just straight up flexing." Yeah, I, I feel like she should have walked in, and the first thing she says is just like, "All right, weird flex." But like, he's, he's like, why would you do that? He's in a space age wheelchair that like hovers on the ground or whatever. Like this, no, not in this. Well, one. that's true. No, it's a, reg- a regular well, wheelchair. It's right? not a regular wheelchair. All right, it's it's not the it's not the one from the animated series. It's not a okay, so it doesn't hover on the ground, but it is it is a top of the line. He does not have to put any physical effort into moving this wheelchair, but he was like. Nope, it's better to just invade this girl's mind to make her see a projection of me than to me wheel 30 feet that way. Yeah, basically. Checks out. So And and then and then I don't no spoilers, spoiler. Later on he goes, "I don't I don't use this unless I have to." Yeah, that's that's like I feel like anytime you're explaining Charles Xavier to pretty much anybody, you have to like kind of give that caveat that it's just like but I don't use it for malicious reasons because it'd be so easy to I can make you believe anything you want or I want and <laughs> you know you would never know like he, he's like literally like one of if he wanted to be he'd be like one of the worst villains in all of Marvel <laughs> well which is why like to the storyline like why Magneto constantly tries to get Xavier to convert and can't get him to but like you know, because Xavier would like Xavier plus Magneto is like would probably be unstoppable. Yeah, would, they're like the ultimate duo. Because also there would be no one trying to stop them. Like it's not like there's other random teams of mutants that just like spring up to stop them. And plus the X Men just in the Marvel universe, even before the uh, cinematic universe. We're in a weird spot because it's just like there's so many things that like the X-Men end up having to handle even though there are like other superheroes running around that probably could help but oh it's a mutant issue so yeah. eh. right you know like why doesn't Captain America and Iron Man and you know the Avengers show up when Magneto is fucking up shit in in New York you know True mm-hmm. I mean like it's just like oh that's a mutant issue we don't deal with that sorry it's, oh, I always man. thought that was kind of That's, weird. No, it's just another form of racism. Especially when you consider a lot of the X-Men aren't as powerful or as resourceful as some of the Avengers would have been in this situation. So it's like... Yeah. 
Like, no, leave it to the girl who could walk through walls instead of, uh, oh. you know, Hulk. That's a that's a that's a Division One team issue. We're we're D three, mm. or it, does it go the opposite? I don't know sports. Is it? Is it? Uh, the opposite. Actually, it's the opposite. Yeah. Oh, you're D three. Mm. That's a D three issue, and we're D one. So you guys yeah, clean it's, up. It's not. It's a little bit beneath us. I should have said like, oh, that's <laughs> that's like a college basketball, and we're like NBA pro. So mm. Mm. there you go. That, yeah, so... I understand that one better. <laughs> so he explains to her that he found her using Cerebro uh, because she's questioning how he even knew he was, that she was a mutant because she didn't tell anybody, she didn't tell her parents mm-hmm. and so she was kind of startled that someone wrote her a letter and it was just like, hey, I know you have the power to walk through walls hey, come to this mansion and let's talk about it um, <laughs> so he basically Super explains weird. all that and yeah, exactly. And he begins to introduce her to his X-Men. Uh, and then we have one of the coolest uh I feel like this is like one of the coolest this, ways to ever introduce X-Men and this, they kind of did it in the animated series too. This is this is the coolest way to introduce them, but like think about it from this girl's perspective. This is the worst way to get a tour of a house. It's just like, <laughs> "Oh, hey, you just got dropped off here. You don't know anybody yeah. here. I just mind projected mm-hmm. to you to lead you down a hallway for 30 feet just to find me sitting right here because I was too lazy to fucking <laughs> go down the hallway and open the door. By the way, look at all of my X-Men just murdering Watch me try stuff. and kill them. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Watch me try and kill them in this room. Yeah, watch and, me try to murder the them and then survive and then murder, like, robots and shit that I throw at them. It's... Yeah. It's crazy. By, by the way, he goes, oh, and this is the danger room. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, you just, you're tele, you telepathically lured an underage girl into your mansion, and you're giving her a tour, and the first place you show her is the oh, no. danger room? You see, I'm wait, like, hold on. This is not going to go well. are you saying this is, this is 50, shades, 50 Shades of X-Men? <laughs> This is my playroom. Nope. He's got a danger room and he makes people fight to the death. <laughs> well, it, it would have worked. You, yeah. If, if the character he lured, it, lured in was Jean Grey, the joke would have been better if he said 50 shades of Jean Grey. Oh, or God 50 damn. Shades, yeah, 50 God shades damn. of Jean Grey. Yeah, 50 shades of Jean Grey. That would have been better. Yeah. I'm actually really happy that they don't have Jean Grey in this. Yeah, kind of. I'm glad I always... they didn't have the Texan. Well, not not nothing against Texas people, but the accents <laughs> in the 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 last one, the 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 exaggerated Texan kind of accents. Um, Tom, was just like, wow, that's Tom, so strong. Do we want to talk about the exaggerated accents in this one? Yeah, it's a I little mean, bit more extreme. It's, it's not. It's... Hold on, Tom. Who has an exaggerated Texas accent in the other one? What, uh, you know, Reba McIntyre there. What's her name? Um, Rogue? Rogue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
That's, that's true. just I, I don't think I don't think she of that was, as like a Texas accent. Yeah, she was. That's like a Georgia accent. Yeah, she's trying to do like a Louisiana thing, and I feel like I feel like she didn't nail the the Texans. No, I feel like Uh, she didn't nail Louisiana. I feel like she really phased in and out of Texas, Louisiana, and Georgia. To be honest, okay, that's what was so off-putting to me. That's the thing is, is it wasn't one; it was just bouncing all over. Yes, exactly. You couldn't nail it down to a, a particular state. Kind of like Wolverine's um, accent in this one. He kept breaking no, out of his Australian no, accent. No, no, no that's the problem. Let's not talk about it until we have to. There's a problem there, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna fully fucking address it. I guarantee it. Good. Yeah. So <laughs> first up, he introduces he introduces Cyclops, who uh, is in some sort of like what Aztecian kind of arena, mm-hmm. and he gets cut off by a rope ladder type thing and then uses his optic blast to blast through his assailant. Pretty simple. Yep. Um, next up is probably, I think, the best animated sequence in this entire episode. And I'm a little bit partial because Colossus has and always will be my favorite X-Men. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think... Most of the reason for it is because of the sequence when he's going through like this Indiana Jones type corridor <laughs> where like all these walls are trying to close in on him and but oh one of them got him so Kitty's like super concerned like oh no and <laughs> Professor X explains oh Colossus is impervious to what was it impervious to damage or something like that yeah and and he's like all covered in uh, organic steel. Such a badass character design. Yeah, Colossus is like literally if like back in the day people were like, Oh, would you if you had to choose an X Men, it was like oh Wolverine, oh Cyclops. As soon as Colossus came along, it was like fucking Colossus, like every fucking well, time. Well here's the thing, like I am a big fan of like a whole bunch of different like properties like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles transformers x-men like all these ones where the question always comes up of like oh who's your favorite blank you know Mm -hmm. and i don't think i've ever come across anybody else who's like oh who's your favorite x-men colossus it's always like oh gambit nightcrawler because Colossus, colossus isn't in a lot of stuff like personality that's the problem that's the problem but like he and that's he has one of the best powers yeah and And i i was always really annoyed that in the animated series he was i think he had like one episode and then i think he came back for another like couple episodes but he was never a part of the main team like i don't think he ever officially joined them wasn't because I watched that all the time, the the animated series all the time when I was a kid. And when Colossus just like randomly appeared, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Wasn't <laughs> wasn't Colossus in uh, Deadpool? Yep. Yeah, he was. Like, and it's funny uh, because you don't see him do a whole lot in Deadpool either. And he's like, the thing is, uh, I mean, which you mean the first Deadpool movie? Yeah. I think I think in did you see the second one? I did. He does a lot more in the second one. 
I yeah. don't remember that. I only saw the uh, I, I saw the I saw the first and could afford the, the is, CG. I yeah. saw <laughs> I saw the first one probably like four times. I'm pretty sure I they mentioned the it one. too in the movie. <laughs> I saw yeah, the second yeah. one like once, but yeah. Um, I gotta watch the second one again then because I remember seeing him in the first one and I was just like, oh, it's like a cameo. It's like it's like they 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 were able to afford him in the first one because. He was like a lesser X-Men, not power-wise, but like pu- yeah. publicity-wise. Yeah. That was always so weird. That was such a dig. I didn't like that. I was happy to have yeah. him in the movie, but yeah. like the reasoning was just I like, know. come on, man. I mean, to be honest, like both... he, he's, he's, orig- he's, like, he's not an OG X-Men, but he's second team. Right? And he's... He's been on the team as long as Wolverine has. And... And to be honest, like Deadpool movies were, they're pretty great. I thought they were. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're probably going to be incorporated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe now that uh, events have taken place and stuff. I won't spoil. <clears throat> so next up, we have Dazzler, who I think I mentioned last week. Uh, I think I actually had our powers a little bit wrong. I said they were light based, and they're actually sound based. She converts sound into beams of energy, which is, you know, splitting hairs. I thought it was. Uh, she gets attacked by some sort of. Uh... Well, I mean, it's because what you it's what you can see. Like, how do you explain to somebody in a cartoon form that she's converting sound into energy? No, blasts? I thought I thought in this mm. episode they actually said that she takes like sun based energy and converts it into laser it is sound. Beams. Oh, so yeah. Okay, I misheard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she gets attacked by some sort of plant tentacle monster and dispatches of it uh nightcrawler gets a quick introduction and is teleporting all over and then gets whatever he's fighting killed by wolverine who's then introduced who just slices it in in twain you know as he does in twain and then storm i don't even think she interacts with like any like Thing. she just is shown controlling the weather yeah which i thought was kind of a weird introduction uh so professor x then summons the x-men up to meet their guest and nightcrawler uh, overzealously teleports up there first and scares the shit out of her because <laughs> well he looks like a hell spawn of some yeah, sort he's kind, of a, he's kind of a dark blue dude like, once, once you're ready for it, you know, like, it's one of those things, like, if you're ready for it, like, he looks cool. Which is really funny. But, like, if he just, like, pops out of nowhere, it's just, like, well, I probably would freak out, too. I mean, yeah. I get that Nightcrawler's comfortable in that arena, but, like, at the same time, he pops up there and he's like, oh, new girl, let me get in your face. Like, he's, also, he's also, like, overly aggressive about it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And with a German accent. French, mm-hmm. but okay. Wait, it's French? It's it's German. It's German? Yeah, Kurt Wagner heck? is German. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. All right. <laughs> I just I I just heard some weird vowel things going on there. Pete and... doesn't understand accents. Mm, no, he doesn't. I don't know. German's <laughs> a little bit harsher. He was talking with some pretty soft vowels. He called her Fraulein. Yeah, he uses okay. German words. Right. Yeah, well, I don't know Multiple any German. Times. I don't know any German words. <laughs> I just, I just heard some. 
some weird vowel just because action he, happening. Keith, uh, just because he doesn't sound super angry all the time doesn't true, mean it's not true. true. <laughs> it's true. You know, he was the friendliest German that I've ever I've ever heard, so I just assumed he was French. Oh god. So apparently wait, hold on, no, wow. did we wait, he didn't sound like an asshole. Think? No, did we did we crack the code that German and French are the same languages? It's just the difference if you're angry or or um slightly sexual. Nope, because we're talking about accents, no. not okay. the language. Right. Yeah, and and Corey and I can very easily tell the difference between a French and a German accent. Wow, I wasn't right, paying Keith, that much time. I was Keith, trying real to quick. write notes. Hold on, hold on. We're <laughs> gonna do a little quiz for you. Okay. This is gonna be a lightning round. Okay. What mm-hmm. accent does Colossus have? Oh, he's like uh, Russian or something. All right, like ding, Russian. ding, ding. Got it. Right. Um, what accent? does wolverine have in this episode oh oh, god damn it in this episode it's definitely australian okay ding 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 what what accent should wolverine have i would say canadian ding 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 all right i guess keith knows um which is basically no accent because he's not french well exactly he's not french Canadian. Um, like I just extreme north. No, that's that's my problem. Rose. I know I, I'm just saying. So Nightcrawler did a German accent very poorly. If I was able to, what what what? What are you talking no. about? It I'm was just saying, like there was nothing wrong with his voice. Oh, spot acting. on. You both speak German, huh? Uh, yeah, I took it for two years in high school. <laughs> I speak it <laughs> fluently. Well, that's fine. I'm gonna go I, blow up the VC. I, the Wasser Closet. I, <laughs> I concede, and I cannot tell the difference between... Well, not between French and German, but between French and German people speaking English. <laughs> okay. So, Kitty gets freaked out, backs up, and we see her power for the first time. I don't even know if they had mentioned it beforehand, but she phases through the computer... Which causes it to malfunction, it rains in the danger room, a little bit of storming, I think, and she is saved by a combination of Storm and Colossus. Storm uses a little bit of her weather control, using wind to slow her fall, and Colossus, being the gigantic Russian, six foot six that he is, just catches her easily. Storm also catches a, like, lightning bolt down. True. Mm-hmm. And, and you could also see all the other X-Men like drying themselves off. Uh, which, which would be funny though, because what if like Colossus just got hit with that fucking light? Like she's probably just like, Oh, big metal man here. Let me catch that lightning bolt for you. Cause uh, yeah. you're, you're carrying the girl. Like that could have just, cause Colossus impervious to damage. I don't know if he's damaged by lightning, but like that girl would have been fucking toast. Hmm. So then we get to what I would consider the only real fault this cartoon has. Wolverine's ridiculous Australian accent. Um, I literally wrote down, who the fuck is voicing Wolverine, a dingo ate my adamantium. <laughs> I can't do it. I just can't. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is so like. Australians don't even talk this way. It it is so. Oh, when you speak Australian, 
It is so extreme. the The accent is so extreme to what to what he's saying that it's every t- and he talks like three times in the whole episode. And every time yeah. he talked, I wrote in all caps. I was like, "Wow, what is happening right now?" Because it's just so uncomfortable. Like it's it's not like there was zero attempt. They basically this was like a. We should look up who voices who voiced. I I just did. It's Patrick Piney. And what else is he done? I honestly don't recognize. Patrick Piney has provided voices for a number of animated characters, including Mighty Mouse and the short-lived Mighty Mouse: The New Adventures from 1987 to 1988. What? He actually did a whole bunch of words I don't even understand. Pog George, Uncle Traveling Matt. Flange doozer. It, it almost looks like a Wikipedia article that like went. Okay, so he did Mighty. He did. He did Mighty Mouse. He did Wolverine for a single episode, and then he literally just shit the bed because he should have never been a voice actor. Like he does. He does a quote unquote additional voices in a lot of movies and stuff like Cars, Cars Two, yeah. Cars Three, <laughs> Sausage yeah, Party. No, I do. I do additional voices in a lot of things too, right? This is important to point uh, yeah. out. Uh, he's the voice of Painty the Pirate from the opening theme of SpongeBob SquarePants. Really? Well, yeah. now, now, you huh. know what? I fully respect him now. God damn. He's on SpongeBob. No, I, <laughs> I mean, I could say that he's he's probably, he's had some hit and misses then. And... <laughs> This Wolverine, this, this Wolverine was a fucking travesty. This was he he, don't, he basically don't shame him. he we tried don't to lose our only listener. No, he tried to voice act Wolverine. Patrick Piney, please don't stop listening. He he We're tried, sorry. He tried to voice act. Opinion is not no, ours. No, he tried to voice act Wolverine <laughs> into being a a brother of the Brotherhood of Mutant Terrorists. He which. When you already have one person doing an Australian accent in this one episode of a cartoon, why did you feel the need to make Wolverine also have an Australian accent? You but have like, Pyro. Not only that, but like a way more extreme version of an Australian accent. It was like mm. over the top. Like, oh, well, and, dare, and there's also I a lot of cartoonish. growling. Yeah, it's like this person was not familiar with Uh, Wolverine the character, so he was just like, "Well, his name is Wolverine, so he'd growl a lot, right?" (laughs) So I'm gonna have him growl here. Apparently, they just gave him that liberty. They're like, "I don't know, we we got whatever's left over from that budget from that other show to do this pilot, so." (laughs) <laughs> we got we got one fucking take. We got to use Let's all the go. voice actors that would have been working on the RoboCop episode yeah. thirteen. So yeah, and we and we we have one make do with what we have. One episode worth of budget, so that was good enough. Okay, go home. All right, so Wolverine doesn't want her to join the team because, well, she's a fourteen-year-old kid, which is actually a real goody reason, if you ask me. Yeah, that's real reasonable. Like that, I I thought to myself, why is everyone else okay with this? Why why is everyone else mm. just like, yeah, it's cool. We'll take the underage girl that that you know doesn't. We don't have consent well, from her parental guardians. You know but why? Yeah, we'll take her along on no, dangerous I know, missions. I know why because she she is in the eighties and she has a forty year old mom haircut. 
Yeah. That's why. They're like, oh, yeah. I mean, you look 14, but the haircut says 40. Let's go. Mm. <laughs> well, that's why uh, Nightcrawler's about to go to jail. <laughs> so then the X-Men get an alert and fly off in the Blackbird, leaving Kitty and the Professor on their own at the mansion. Which was uh, confusing, because when they went to get the alert, and the, she was like, wait for me! And I thought she was going with them. And they all left, and then it cuts back to the professor, and she's with him. And I'm like, oh. So they definitely, like, they did the responsible thing, kicking her to the curb. But, like, she totally wanted <laughs> to go. Well, timeline-wise, she's now known them about 15 minutes, realistically. Oh, absolutely. Like, they did the responsible like, you know, thing, leaving her behind. I'm just saying that she said, wait for me, when they were all going to, like, get on the Blackbird and fight evil. Yeah, so that ends up being a diversion that Magneto has set up, because his actual plan is to attack the mansion with Juggernaut. <laughs> and they crash through the... Uh, the X lawn, I guess, uh, with all of its like meaningless lasers that are firing at Magneto and uh, Juggernaut that will never do any harm. But Kitty manages to back into a, a computer console and short out some of the lasers, I guess. And the Professor X like... overreacts about <laughs> like, oh no, our defenses. It's just like, they weren't doing shit anyway, dude. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like This is Magneto and the goddamn Juggernaut, bitch. Your, metal, your, your guns are made out of metal. You think Magneto wouldn't be doing shit to that? Come on. Mm. Yeah, like, they're not even, like, concerned about these guns. <laughs> yeah. They probably didn't even notice that they stopped firing at them. <laughs> so they bust through the wall and... Professor X actually drops some knowledge that it's uh, Magneto and his uh, accomplice, who happens to be his stepbrother. Yep, stepbrother. Hiya, Charlie. Yeah, they actually have some pretty good. Yeah, they have some pretty good uh, familiar dialogue there, mm. which I always thought was really cool. Yeah, um, good. Banter. You're always welcome in my my home, Kane. It's your uh, choice of friends. I question <laughs> or something yep. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like really, really good dialogue. Some pretty good oh, writing yeah. there, at least. I agree. Um, so, while uh, Magneto was approaching, uh, Professor X used his powers to read Magneto's mind and figure out what he was after. And it happened to be, I believe it's Cerebro's core. It was basically from uh, Cerebro, what, what he uses to do the mutant power finding thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was like the uh, mutant circuit. The mutant circuit. They, mm -hmm. they keep, yeah, they keep, I think in the, through the course of the episode, they call it like three different things. So I'm not really sure what to refer yeah. to it as. Yeah. Uh, like I wrote down Cerebro's core and then multiple times later in the episode, they called it something else. And I was just like, do I, I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> you, it, it's, it's the, it's the McGovern basically. Yeah. He sends Kitty off with the McGovern to try and keep it from Magneto, which is an exercise in futility, because, come on, it's goddamn Magneto. Yep. Like, she phases through a few walls, but eventually he corners her, and 
knocks her out with some tentacle wires from the wall. He tentacle her. He tentacle wires her <laughs> oh. and now, electrocutes her at the same time. It's now, is awful. that anime or is that hentai? <laughs> oh, no. I gotta, I gotta do a throwback. Uh, yeah, Keith, uh, Corey just got us to watch our first hentai for uh, the cartoon commentary. Oh, no. Oh. This is hentai. A shit. Who's, I didn't who, know. Hold on. Who's, whose pick is next? It's Tom's. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> We're boy. watching Bible Black next. <laughs> oh, it has the word Bible in it. Must be must be really upright and religious. It's pretty mm. pure. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Christian. So she kind of like throws the core at Magneto is kind of weird. And then she phases through the ground yeah. as she like passes out. Cause apparently when she um, passes out, she literally phases through the entire planet. Yeah. <laughs> well, she can't control her mutant powers yet. Uh, well, that would be right, scary so... if you woke up in the earth's molten core. Yeah. And you were just dead. Yeah. You, like, <laughs> you woke up down. dead. I mean, gravity's a thing, That's right? Really scary. Yeah, so the X-Men team actually had raced off to the Deep Space Observatory to stop the terrorist act attack, I guess, of Pyro and the Blob. Um, They're trying to get the coordinates for the Scorpio Comet. And they're basically terrorizing a family of three, I guess. Which, like, the yeah. original, like, their attack seemed like the decoy. That drew the X-Men out there. And then Magneto attacked the X-Men base. And I thought the other one was a decoy, but it wasn't really a decoy. They were actually just, yeah, like, like, they were actually attacking. Get, yeah, Pyro, Pyro and the Blob were actually accomplishing some part of the plan. Mm-hmm. It just happened to also be the decoy. Yeah, exactly. It was a decoy that was a legitimate attack, so not really a true decoy. I don't know. Is yeah. that red herring? I don't know. Yeah, so we're we're met with uh, Pyro's slightly more in tune with how he should talk Australian accent. I'm pretty sure Pyro in the comics is Australian. It's hard to tell in comic book uh, pages. But I'm pretty sure he's always been presented outside of the movies, I guess, with an Australian accent of some sort. Mm. At least that's how I think of him. Maybe I'm thinking of him like that because this is the cartoon I watched. Uh, Wolverine threatens Pyro. Once I get my claws on him, he'll be talking out the other side, which I thought was a pretty cool threat. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, So, well... Not much conflict here as uh, Colossus tries to get past the blob and no force on Earth can move the blob, as he always says. It's literally like his Pokemon line, pretty much. He is Snorlax. That's from saying his name. He's just like, no force on Earth can move the blob. He says that like three times this episode or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Storm is able to stop Pyro's uh, fire net that's around the Homo sapiens. And... (laughs) Blah, Blob and Pyro escape with all the information they need, of course, because they do. And the three humans, basically a uh, father, a mother, and their daughter, uh, 
are basically ungrateful that the X-Men saved them because they're mutants. Um, the girl drops her doll and acting quickly, Night- Nightcrawler comes over and uh, gives it to her and he's just he like... finally made himself useful. Did you notice yeah. like during that whole fight he really did jack shit except teleport ten feet? <laughs> Well, this this entire fight, there was, like, not really that much of a fight. It was like, yeah. I can't move you. All right, I'm going to back up now. <laughs> and then Storm's <laughs> just like, don't worry, I got this. Because she's, like, probably the most competent member on the team. And then Nightcrawler's like, oh, shit, that little girl just dropped her teddy bear. Uh, yeah, <laughs> got it. like, let me give it back. And the little girl's like, thank you. And then the father goes. And he gets called a filthy mutant. <laughs> Stay away with mm-hmm. you, filthy mutants. And they run away. And it's like, oh, well, apparently you can't tell the difference between somebody that trapped you and somebody that fucking saved you. Like, yeah. Like, it, and he- it lacks a lot of logic. And here's yeah, the other problem with X-Men in general, and especially in this cartoon, is if we're living in a Marvel universe where there are other superheroes who happen to not be mutants, why is it automatically a crime to be a mutant to the cops? Yeah. Because the cops are on their way, and Storm and everybody get out of there with a uh, little tornado storm to get out of there. And it's because the cops are coming. They need to get out of there before the cops show up. And it's just like, if that was Captain America, he wouldn't need to run. Right. You I know, mean, like, be... no one's no one's trying to arrest Iron Man. Well, it's, it's literally the political environment, which is, like, this is honestly just... We should really honestly delve right into like all this is teaching me is we should really delve into original marvel comics because um a lot of this is basically foreshadowing for real life events today where it's like oh you're fucking different well fuck you oh this thing yep fuck you like this well what if the cops were showing up not because they're different but because it's like half of them aren't actual U.S. citizens, or are probably here illegally without <laughs> visas. You know, well, like, I'm sure. I'm sure they just were informed that there was a mutant attack going on at the observatory. Some illegal mutants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem, Tom. Is that like um, they basically made it illegal to be mutants? <laughs> whether or not whether. <laughs> You're a citizen True. is a different aspect. They're just saying it's illegal to be mutants. So it's um, kind of a conundrum there. You could be like, I'm a U.S. citizen. They're like, yeah, you got powers. And then you'd be like, well, I'm just going to light you on fire because my power is fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that just, that just really escalates the situation. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, in, in retrospect, I feel like we've been like, bringing up this blatant racism that's, like, kind of a constant in these cartoons. But the source material, like, that I'm actually pretty familiar with is is very much like that when they're dealing with the public. When they're dealing with uh, regular humans, homo sapien. There's, like, so many, like, very popular X-Men comics and, like, trade paperbacks that are basically, like, 
here's some hate crimes that were, you know, done to mutants, like, to the point where there's, like, crucifixions on uh, the X-Mansion's front lawn kind of thing. God damn. Like, really, really fucked up imagery in some of these things. that Like, really horrible. Um, So X-Men's always been kind of, like, hard-hitting like that way from, like, day one. Which is crazy. Um, Like, I... The only way I feel like they got away with doing that under the radar somewhat is that it was a comic book. Like, I just, I wish I was in comic books so much earlier. Like, that's, that's like legit. I feel like, I feel like there was kind of a message there that they were trying to convey that people that read comic books and saw that understood and the rest of society was just like yeah that happens but like not in my backyard Hmm. right it's like the oh yeah like that hatred happens towards people but like not here like i don't hate people like it's yeah and like well well, i feel like in today's day and age like everybody's a lot more aware of stuff like that not to the point where it needs to be but we're getting better i think yeah no we're definitely getting it's 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 a i feel like we're at a weird crossroad we're like um everybody's way more aware of stuff but also i'm sorry as a white person talking to other white people guess what white people you don't need to talk for other people. You need to shut the fuck up. Because there's a whole lot of white people that I know that I follow on social media that are trying to really push issues for racial equality. And guess what? Instead, find somebody of that race and just share their post. You don't need the fucking yeah, you likes. Don't need to be. You don't need the likes for yourself. You don't need the yeah. comments yeah, you for don't yourself. Need the spotlight. You can be yeah. an ally without having it. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Like you share, yeah. you like, you retweet, you reply, you whatever. You don't need to create your own fucking post showing how much you love these people because that's just karma whoring. Like, let's be totally fucking honest. Keith, what do you mean, those people? Tom, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. I'm calling right out. You want to talk about cartoons? Yeah. yeah. What the hell? All right, so Magneto and his crew, they're back on Asteroid M. Did, now, you guys not being as familiar with X-Men, did it surprise you that Magneto had a home base on an asteroid? Um... I initially called it an asteroid, and then I got confused because they were tracking a comet, so then I changed it to a comet, Mm. and then I was like, oh wait, no, they are on an asteroid tracking a comet. I got it now. Well, no, this, well, this is a, um, pretty classic, uh, X-Men story, so this is actually Magneto's home base called Asteroid M. Oh. Yeah, that's just where he hangs out. (laughs) What I love about this is... I think I finally like got a reference from the Venture Brothers, and I love the Venture Brothers. It's one of my favorite cartoons all time, and 
it will be an uh, and I'm gonna pick one of those episodes one of these days for us to watch. But in the sixth and seventh seasons, the guild spoilers alerts. So if you if you haven't seen the Venture Brothers yet, go watch it right now, all of it, and then listen to me say that in seasons uh, like six and seven. The Guild of Calamitous Intense headquarters is at Meteor Major, or uh, <laughs> and and in one of the uh, one of the specials, uh, all that and Gargantua too. It's the the special right before season what was it season six. Um, Stephen Colbert plays a voice of one of the characters, Professor Richard Impossible, who's a bad guy at this point. He's a spoof on the uh, Professor. Uh, you know the stretch. What's his name? Uh, Reed Richards, the you know Mister uh, Fantastic. Yeah, stretch, stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. yeah. So Stephen Colbert starts talking about like they're talking about the name Meteor Major, and they start like talking about like what a weird name to name your base and space. You know, and they're just like talking about it, and and I was like, holy shit, is this the reference? Like, is this the Venture Brothers is making a joke of? If Magneto's home base. Holy crap! Now I get it, because I they make so many jokes and there's so many references in that show, and it's just a brilliant show. And I, I thought I knew everything, and I finally got a reference I, that I didn't know about. So anyhow, hmm. sorry I didn't mean to go on. It kind of makes me want to watch Venture Brothers just because I wonder if I would get a lot of those references. Oh, I've, you totally would. I've you would watched, get all these references. I've watched you would Venture love Brothers, it. and since I don't have a lot of uh, material to go on, um, I don't get any references, but it's still a great show. Uh, all right, uh, so we should do a sub-podcast where oh God. I oh watch God, I Venture Brothers that. for the first time and explain to you guys where all the shit's from. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, like I've seen early Venture Brothers. I have not watched like I've seen. I've, I've probably seen like three episodes. I've probably hmm. seen the first couple. See, like I used to watch that like mm-hmm. twelve years ago, like before yeah. I got into corporate world when I worked in restaurants and I stayed up late at night. And, I hate and, that world. Yeah, corporate <laughs> world. Cor- corporate world. It's it's kind of like water water world except. Replace the water with cubicles, and it's the worst part of Nintendo Land. (laughs) Exactly, and (laughs) and since we're and since we've been in a pandemic, we replace cubicles with just working at home on your dining room table. Um, Which honestly, uh, we all get used to, and I still do a lot of work and. They pay me for it, so now I just don't have to pay like two hundred dollars a month in gas. So better. Wait, you're are you bragging? No, I'm not because it's it's. I work for a corporation, and I don't love like I like the work I do. I just don't love corporations, but I don't have to commute anymore. So like I'm saving money and i'm like and then they gave me a raise so i'm like oh well i make more money and i spend less money and you guys like me more and you don't want me to leave so i guess i'll just keep doing this because i don't hate it and it pays the bills is that is that is that the american dream is that the american dream did i find it did oh 
I don't hate this and I make money and it pays my bills. Did I find it? It's the American dream, right? <laughs> say yes, somebody. Please say yes. I can feel Corey looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> through, through this audio medium, we have no yep. video happening. Corey's just staring like just he laser, lasers at Tom. There he does, yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom <laughs> Did I did I make it, Tom? Did I? Am I okay now? Can I, can, Tom? Can can I get my wings now? As as a as an angel, can I get my can I get my fucking wings, Tom? Give me my fucking wings. Don't yes and him. God damn. God damn. I'm stuck in this fucking hellhole. Okay. I you know what. The one thing that's going to save me is let's let's continue this podcast. It's the yeah, one thing so that I look forward they're to. Back on, <laughs> they're back on Asteroid M. Uh, they're using the Cerebro Mutant Power Core, I guess, <laughs> uh, to redirect the Scorpio Comet to Earth. Mm-hmm. A little foreshadowing uh, as Magneto kicks the little dragon creature for getting in his way. Mm-hmm. Um do you know who that little dragon creature is? No, I put it was Nightcrawler's little pet. No, I Nightcrawler haven't. doesn't even interact with him. No, but Nightcrawler was fighting with Magneto, and the little dragon creature bit Magneto, so I assumed that it was No, we'll get to that eventually, but you're misremembering oh. that. Oh, so that little creature is Lockheed. Like Lockheed Martin? <laughs> I was about to say that. I don't know who that is. It's a government um, contractor that makes like missiles and shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Super yeah, don't know who that is. So. Uh, yeah, but he, he's this little dragon that um, eventually becomes one of the X Men's pets and is constantly uh, like a pack in in like the action figure for this certain character. That, that's what I know him from and from the comics. Boy, uh, so anyway. in the show was he just like here hanging out? Yeah, like, he's, I think he's, like, meant to be, like, Toad's pet He's kind of on like Asteroid a, M. He's kind of like a chaotic, but they, neutral character. Yeah, but they're evil mutants, so they, all they do is abuse him. Uh, so, eventually, your pet is going to bite the hand that feeds it if he's always, you know. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the X-Men return to their home. To find it trashed, and Kitty and the Professor are relatively unharmed. They're just unconscious. Um, (laughs) Wolverine once again talks shit about Kitty being a whiny brat, and she stands right up to him. And they explain that Wolverine is not the enemy Magneto is. Um, And for only knowing the Professor for 30 minutes, she's like a little way too close to him. Yeah. Like she, she like greets him with a hug and like at one point like kisses him on the forehead or something like. It's just like, what the? F- You've known this man thirty minutes. You start to wonder. This if is Professor a lot of familiarity. X implanted something in her head. Mm, maybe. Yeah. He makes you feel a little bit too comfortable with him. Yeah. So it makes other people around you uncomfortable. Yeah, because I would be really uncomfortable if this 14-year-old was just like, oh, you just met this guy that has been training us to be X-Men, and all of a sudden you're just like, 
super, super close to him, but everybody knows you're 14 because we keep mentioning it. Mm-hmm. Well, Weird. Like, I don't want her around because Professor X has a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep him... <laughs> keep him off the uh, horse or whatever it yep. is. <laughs> so yeah. Professor X goes to read Magneto's mind uh, to learn what he is planning and honestly, if it's that easy, he's really mm-hmm. just being irresponsible if at any moment of any day he's not checking in on Magneto. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, he literally is just like, hey, well, I wonder what he's up to. Oh, gotta destroy the Earth? Probably a good thing I checked in. So does Magneto's helmet not block out Professor X? No, once again, comics? what we're thinking of is Juggernaut's helmet in the animated series. And Magneto's helmet in the movies. Okay. Mm. So, in none of the other, you know, iterations of X-Men that I can remember, have they ever said, like, oh, just having a helmet on protects you from Professor X. Mm. It's just, like, literally just those two instances. And it's basically because you have to explain away a character like uh, his his stepbrother, Kane Marco... Uh, the juggernaut, like, of course Professor X would try and persuade him mentally, like, because he's familiar yeah. with him. And the same thing with, like, his former best friend Magneto, like, of course he would try and coerce him, you know, to stop a war that he's trying to start. Mm-hmm. Like, if he could stop it that easily, of course he would try. So, of course they have to have some sort of uh, device in place that keeps him from being too powerful. Right. Um, they decide that Kitty will stay behind, but she stows away in a spacesuit hidden in the locker on their oh, uh, space shuttle. Um, I believe it's the Blackbird. D- you did miss uh, when Nightcrawler says, until later, my child. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really weird. Like, just the way all the people are so overly familiar with yeah. this Yeah, well, it's mainly stranger. it's yeah. mainly Kitty to Professor X and Nightcrawler to Kitty. Yeah. Like, I yeah, feel like I... everybody else is just, like, kind of a normal person and has yeah. normal interactions. True. Uh, so... Of course, Professor X knows that Kitty has stowed away because apparently he just knows everything. And maybe he (laughs) does check in on people mentally every once in a while just to, you know, to Mm -hmm. pop in, make sure everything's cool. I mean, wouldn't, like, he's he's older. Like, he's honed his ability. You wouldn't even fucking know. He's like, oh, I'm a good guy. Let me just, uh, he's like, I'm not gonna... You know, probe those memories of you just uh, doing dirty things. I just want to know uh, what? what you did. What you did Jesus. today? Like, like that's. Let's be honest, Professor X. He is no saint. <laughs> he's no fucking saint, and he's probably seen some shit. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. I imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Because well, yeah. uh, like, I don't think like he gets to mental... choose. Yeah, like if his mental journeys are anything like 
in the animated series where he like becomes one with Sabretooth and that dream thing. It's like mm. that's fucking nightmare fuel. It's a wonder he's able to keep it together. He's just like, let me in. I'm going to see it anyway. And you're just like, holy shit, yeah. Professor. Um, and like you could only imagine like what he's watching What's while you're word? while you're not resisting. <laughs> like it's, I don't know. At the same time, like. Uh, I don't know. That's a whole thing. Sabretooth like knew to resist him because he was in there. Like, whereas in we're, we're getting comic, in the weeds here. Professor <laughs> talking things. about the other episode. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. Uh, yeah. So the X Men start their assault on Asteroid M. Uh, I, one, one thing I think is interesting is the dynamic between Cyclops and Wolverine in this is, like, so much more of a team dynamic than it ever will be in the animated series where they're constantly butting heads. Yeah. yeah. Just, well, two strong personalities. You have, you have basically chaotic good versus lawful good. Yeah. The... And I also, I, I really like the voice actor for Cyclops on this. Like, it's a, mm-hmm. I feel like he does a really good job. He does. Um and the voice actor for Wolverine does a is horrible. goddamn worst job. Like, literally, every time he talked, I I literally wrote down the words. Um, let me, what the literal fuck? <laughs> uh, why does Wolverine sound like this? That was, that, was, that was what I wrote down every single... I have it written down four times, because that's how many times he talks. How many how many lines he gets? Yes, he gets yeah. four lines, and that's how many times I wrote it down. I said, with, why does he sound like this? And that's with it. that said, Patrick uh, Penny, we love you. Keep listening. <laughs> Our one listener. Our one um, listener. Yeah, unlike David Spade, who we've scorned <laughs> in other episodes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, God, that was so long ago. Right it there. was, and we're just, you know, no, we should just keep trying. I don't even hey, know why. Listen, guys, David Spade, you want to come on the episode? You want to redeem yourself? Come on by. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but the way we record this, you have to go to Keith's house. <laughs> like, you could record with Keith. No, no, David Spade, I will send you the clean feed invite. You could sit in no, your own no, your you own. You gotta home. go to Keith's house. Oh god. Yeah. And David Keith, Spade, David Spade, bread. David Spade, I will I will make you so much bread. Focaccia, <laughs> sourdough, hamburger buns, bread rolls, Ooh, hot dog yeah. buns. Um, okay. All right, stop flatbreads. Tortillas, all from mm-hmm. scratch. Damn it, Keith. I'm hungry now. Well, there you go. Hey, Corey, put a menu together. I'll make you some more food. <laughs> I put a menu oh, of man. bread. I put a menu of bread together. What? What is your food? What is your favorite breads? Yes. <laughs> there you go. And then Corey and All David right, so... Spade will swing by to pick them up. Oh God! <laughs> and then Tom will just steal them off. I your didn't porch. sign up to hang out with them. <laughs> well i didn't <laughs> god damn did david state so he stole all of our fucking bread god damn it 
Actually, in right, fairness, so, I defended him. I was the one who defended yeah. David Spade. So he's going to hang out with you. All right. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I do, though, because you and him will be diabolical. That's that's. We <laughs> well, you know what's going to happen? We're going to be reenacting scenes of Tommy Boy in your driveway. <laughs> oh, no. No. But Tom. Peace. Oh. <laughs> I would actually love that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, so, are you Chris Farley in that, then? <laughs> no, I'm going to make David Spade like, be Chris Farley. You're going you're to be David Farley's Spade part. and you're going to make David Spade be Chris Farley? Yes. Oh, God. That's perfect. It's a lot of physical comedy for you, Tom. I didn't think you'd be able to pull it off. Well, you're snapping well, half perfect. at Keith's driveway. No, no. Tom, Tom only has to be literally angry and anxious at everything that David Spade does. And yeah. David Spade, everything He's, that he, he does, does makes, makes everybody angry and anxious. So <laughs> it's it will come naturally to Tom. But yeah. David Spade has the real challenge of acting like Chris Farley, who is yeah. a man four times the size Was. of him. Now deceased, yes. Um, R.I.P. Chris Farley. So, yeah. great man. Great man yeah. who just did an amazing amount of drugs. Um, <laughs> well, that's what killed him. He's not wrong. That's what killed him. I know, I know, but rather than like, list off a, uh, all his best works, like, yeah, white ninja. Do you not know think it's impressive? <laughs> hold on, whoa, hold on, whoa. White ninja. Was it white, white ninja? ninja. <laughs> Beverly yeah. Hills ninja. Oh Be- my god, Beverly, Beverly Hills ninja. I just, I just remember him being the whitest white ninja and he, on the cover, I mean, like doing was. this jump in the air, and he's wearing all white. And I, I mean, I, you're Tom. Tom, you're not wrong. You're just politically cor- incorrect. He was the Bever- <laughs> Beverly I'm Hills. Sorry. Caucasian how, how dare ninja. you how dare you call him a white ninja? <laughs> oh my god, we're uh, reaching for that up. finish line. Yeah, so no, we're we're yeah. Corey, Corey, so uh speed line. Speed line speed to line. the speed line. <laughs> drag us speed along. Speed line like, like uh Chris mean? Farley would speed line before he oh my god, jumped on that's SNL. A lot of drugs. Wow. <laughs> that's wow. a lot of cocaine. That's a lot. It is, but um, so yeah. Uh, no, I can't do it. But <laughs> so the the X Men start their assault on Asteroid M. Magneto uh, sends his mutant terrorists to stop them. Um, so we get into the sequence where the X Men are trying to get closer to Magneto, and it's all like this basic, basic uh, one path. That they're running down, and one by one, members of the mutant terrorists come to stop them. First up is Pyro. He greets them with a firewall and a snarky line, and uh, the Dazzler stays behind to fight him, basically throwing beams of uh, sound at him. Yep. Yeah. So the rest of the X-Men are able to go on, and next up, we have Toad jumping out of the ceiling and attacking Wolverine. Uh, Which, honestly, I want to say that when I watched the other cartoon, Toad in this cartoon did not look like a Toad. 
No, he basically he just, just can jump. He's a regular guy that kind of jumped like a toad. I don't think he had a long tongue either. No, he didn't. Um, so, like, he literally was a regular, regular dude that jumped like a toad and was yeah, paired up with Wolverine. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of a mismatch. Like, <laughs> Wolverine's, like, probably one of the most badass fighters in all of Marvel. And here we have this guy that can jump and is kind of like a court jester. <laughs> And, and he's, ass kicked. Wolverine makes short work of him, but yeah. because yeah. of the way that they're structuring this whole sequence, he stays behind even though he could easily just go on with the rest of the team. Like, yeah, because he, he traps tra- he traps Toad in like this little cave, uh, and then uh, breaks the rocks to make like this little tomb for him. And it's just like, you could totally continue on, Wolverine. You don't need to stand there and watch it so Toad doesn't get out. But that's what he does. Because Toad is super Um, fucking dangerous with his jumping. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So then next up is the Juggernaut, who is probably like... This is huge. The second or third most dangerous of all these villains, like behind White Queen and Magneto. Fucking yeah. Mm. And this is probably my second favorite part of the episode because my first favorite part was the Danger Room sequence (laughs) with Colossus. And Juggernaut takes this, like, large beam and is about to crush them with it. And Colossus hulks out of his his spacesuit, transforming into his uh, metallic form, and catches it and starts a fight with... uh, juggernaut now this scene always i feel like all the scenes with colossus in it i like have under a microscope because i used to think about these scenes a lot as a kid and i always wondered why he burst out of his spacesuit. Mm. but i realized like as an adult and knowing what i know about x-men i actually realized why that happens do you guys understand why that happens Hmm. Well, I mean, the spacesuit's gonna get destroyed regardless. Like it with the physical action that he's doing. Um, but Colossus's sheer power would probably just the fact that he when he like metallicizes himself. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Like, that... Well... That should, like, basically rip everything off of him, right? Well, it's kind... That's kind of right, but not for the same reason that you're saying it. Um, so, one thing that they don't really make note of ever, I've noticed in any animations when he transforms, is... One of the side effects of his transformation is he grows almost a foot. Oh. He goes from mm. a 6'6 Russian to a 7'5 metallic Russian. <laughs> and if that. I grew a foot instantaneously, yeah. I'm pretty sure whatever I was wearing, especially a tight spacesuit, would probably get shattered well, too. Because the thing is, you're not just growing height, you're probably going width as well. Then they don't oh, describe yeah. that, but like. Girth. It's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So your, you know, your your chest girth, your leg girth, and all the oh, other God. 
girth. All the other girths. We'll just leave mm-hmm. it at that. And yeah. so next up is they call them colossus the white... for a reason. Ah, skeet, 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 skeet. Cut them. Oof. <laughs> I, I would do the thing where like I throw my whole arm on the table, but I don't know if that works in a no. in a in a in podcast. Audio form. No, it's just gonna hear like no. somebody banging on something. Yeah. So <laughs> next up is the White Queen Emma Frost, uh, who Cyclops faces off against, which is like the quickest like square off. It's like she shows up, she throws a bolt, he blasts it out of the sky, and. Nightcrawler's on his way. Like he he's familiar with the format here. He's just like, all right, I'm not sticking around. Bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next up, they run into. He runs into the Blob. No force on Earth can move the Blob. And Nightcrawler, in his very German accent, was just like, and I would not presume wee to try wee. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, wee wee Keith, wee wee, yeah, wee wee. Auf Wiedersehen. Parlez-vous. And, oh, God. And he he teleports past him, and the blob being big, dumb, and whatever. He, he's just like, well, oh, what happened? Technically unmovable. Technically. Yeah, right. technically unmovable. Right. I mean, he could have just walked past him, because well, he's not going to really. I mean, if he's slow. Like, but... once he's in that little vent, the blob wasn't doing. Also, how did the blob get out there? Yeah. If sure. that vent was, like, the main way in, I don't know. Hmm. There's a lot of corridors that probably can't handle the blob. Maybe Magneto ex- expanded the uh, corridor. Yeah, there's a lot of girth with the blob. Oh. Yep. <laughs> so, I always thought it was weird that the way it worked out, it's basically Magneto versus Nightcrawler in the end. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, such a mismatch. But if you think about it, he's one of the only people on the team that isn't going to be in, like, this weird, uh, like, oh, just, like, fuck up the metal on Wolverine or crush Colossus into a tin can kind of thing. Mm. Oh, and I think I I I forgot to mention... Uh, Storm isn't here because she's keeping all the air into the hole that they burst open earlier. Mm. Uh, that makes sense. I, 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 I just realized, I was trying to think who she squared off against and they actually didn't have enough evil mutants for her, I guess. Yeah. I was just thinking, I would absolutely hate that to fight Magneto because I was thinking, I got metal in my body. <laughs> he, would just, he would rip my spine out on me. I was like, yeah, mm. damn, I'm as pathetic as Colossus or, or Wolverine when it comes to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm as pathetic as some of the most dangerous mutants in, you know, fiction. I mean, well, if you, you know. look at Magneto in like, <laughs> movie form, he ripped the iron out of a guard's blood. Yeah. And then... No one's safe. Yeah, and then yeah. he, like, literally pincushioned him with it and then used it as a disc... To stand on to float out of jail. So, uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, Magneto greets Nightcrawler and expositions at him about his plan for a little bit. 
and explains that there's nothing he can do. There's nothing anybody can do. There's only three minutes before the astro or the comet destroys Earth. Mm-hmm. Or at least destroys all life on Earth. It's weird that Magneto's plan is basically hit Earth with this comet and the only mutants you deemed to save were the ones that you have on your asteroid. Yeah, it yeah. is. Like, well, I feel like... Um, like, because technically the other ones might survive, but at that point you're just kind of like... Yeah, like, he might come back and, He might come back and pick mm. up, like, the strongest ones that, like, survive yeah. the asteroid kind of thing. But, like, that's a real fucked up scenario of, like, well, I killed everybody else and since <laughs> you survived uh you want to you want to come with me <laughs> like i didn't bother to save you before but since you survived we cool we cool right we're cool yeah it's like one of those plans that's not 100 percent probably yeah. thought out it's more just like <laughs> i'm doing a thing yeah this is I, terrorism I, you know terrorism so kitty pride <laughs> Uh, so Magneto exposi- expositions for a bit, and when he goes to attack Nightcrawler with, I guess, just random magnet power, I, I always think it's weird when they have Magneto about to throw, like, a random energy blast. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless yeah. of the comic, it's always really weird to me. Like, that's not really what his powers are. Sure, like, his powers are open-ended enough where he probably could do something like that. He just probably wouldn't. Like, he would do uh, something more creative with metal. I could explain the physics behind it. Like, I've I've actually thought about how he can use his magnetic abilities to generate electricity in the air to and direct it at people. I was like, yeah, because I thought the last X-Men uh, cartoon we watched, he did something similar where he just shot this, like, energy blast and blew out a wall. Yeah. And I'm like... Can he do that? And then I, I started thinking of the physics behind it. I'm like, well, if he could control magnetic fields, he can control electric fields. And he can actually generate electric fields in the air. Yeah, he could do this. And I was like, oh, okay. He's just even more powerful than I even thought. Hmm. So, well, well, the thing I always thought with stuff like that is, like, if he's going to destroy a wall... Like, sure, they're animating that he's, like, shooting a beam at it, but, like, realistically, there was going to be some metal in there that he could have oh, fucked yeah. up anyway to break the wall down. So, yeah. like, I don't I, I don't think that that too much about it, but I just... It's one of those annoyances with me where they kind of generalize people's powers on these sometimes. Mm, um, yeah. So, he starts to fight Nightcrawler and immediately is sneak attacked by Kitty Pride, who jumps up through the floor <laughs> and uh, misdirects his blast. And uh, the little dragon, Lockheed, who I mentioned earlier, sees his opportunity to bite Magneto on the ankle, which apparently did a decent amount of damage because it caused him to fire a magnetic blast up at the uh, ceiling, which severs one of the circuits... Uh, powering the Cerebro Power McGovern thing. Um, yep. So, Nightcrawler immediately jumps up to, or not jumps, but teleports up, because that's what he does. That's his power. 
uh, teleports up to use his body to conduct the electricity through it to continue to power the thing because they need that thing to divert the comet away from Earth. Uh, and at this point, Charles Professor Xavier, I don't know, I was about to call him Charles. <laughs> I'm going to use his full government name. Um, I mean, it's Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Good old Charlie gets old in Charlie. Kitty Pride's mind and is like, this is your moment, you must strike. And this is possible, like, second to only to um, Wolverine's horrible accent. This is the other part of the episode that's just like, Magneto, you just got taken down by a 14-year-old girl. That like, I can't imagine sick. a world where a 14-year-old girl tries to tackle me and it works. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. She tackles him oh, right God. onto the thing, which yeah. then like siphons a, like a, just his... Like a football tackle. Siphons his power to power the machine to... Redirect, which no, no one's actually doing any of the... Like, beep-boop-boop boop computer work at this point. It just kind of no, happens. No, no, just... It, it, it happens automatically because, yeah, um, magic cinema. Yeah, so so it redirects the comet to hit asteroid M instead of Earth, which, based on the proximity of asteroid M to Earth, would probably still do a pretty big number on Earth. But we're gonna ignore that fact. Well, also, um, like deviating a comet that much would be pretty fucking extreme. But like, yeah, okay, we'll just mm -hmm. like, I mean, because the direction it came from in the show, it was like it took a left hand turn. It wasn't like it took like a, oh, okay, ten degrees to hit this instead of Earth. It was like. Oh no, I'm taking like a 70, 70 to 90 degree turn. Instead of hitting Earth, I'm hitting this fake asteroid that's a evil guy base. It was, it was pretty, um, <laughs> it was pretty extreme. Yeah. yeah. So they explain that Nightcrawler needs to remain in place for it to continue diverting to asteroid m instead of earth if he lets go the asteroid will go back towards earth which sure for plot device i guess that works yep. um nightcrawler and professor x agree that everybody else has to evacuate the asteroid because well it's gonna get blown the fuck up um professor x telepathically is guiding everything happens like ridiculously fast here it's like a matter oh, yeah. of like five seconds where it's like get everybody off the asteroid nightcrawler i'm going to guide you to teleport right before the comet destroys asteroid m oh you've waited too long oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, i love that line yeah it's <laughs> like jesus christ you didn't even say anything you never told him to go no he just told nightcrawler Listen, you need to do this at the perfect time. And then said nothing and yeah. goes, Nightcrawler, you need to do it. <laughs> like, being inside the building, he would have no idea. And Professor X did not tell him when to go. <laughs> yeah, and because of an earlier line. Oh, goddamn. It was, it was, 
Not only that, but like, um, even before that, like, Magneto yells to Kitty. She's, he's just like, oh, he Nightcrawler is going to die because if he doesn't yep. die, then this shit's going to crash into the, the planet, planet Earth. And she's just like, and she turns to Nightcrawler and she's like, well, Nightcrawler, is that true? Nightcrawler's yeah. being actively electrocuted. And he's just, yeah, like, just like, yes, let's have a conversation he's like, about it. Yes, yes, bitch, go. <laughs> Please leave, fucking go, yeah. leave right now. Like we we don't need to have this conversation. Please go. And she leaves, and then she feels super guilty about leaving. And it's like, no, he told you to go. Like, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so <laughs> so he ends up teleporting. Uh, well, well, what well, I was going to say before is they, earlier in the episode, they had set up his powers and such that he has line of sight teleportation. So yes. Professor X somehow was able to hack uh, Asteroid M's computers to keep a picture of the Blackbird or whatever the shuttle is called that they're on. I don't know if mm. the Blackbird could actually go into space, but that's what they usually fly. Um, on the monitor... So he could teleport to what he's seeing on the monitor. Um, he ends up teleporting. It's a little bit late. And he starts falling into Earth's atmosphere. So he starts burning up. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of drama where it's just like, use the, what is it, the grappling beams? When it's just like a <laughs> extendo what arm. What the fuck's a grappling beam? Is Why it a beam or is it a grapple? Like, that doesn't well, make any fucking sense. Because we're building drama. Like, he ends up just saving himself both in both instances. That's Absolutely. all he does. Like, they do yeah. nothing to help him, really. Yeah. They, yeah. Like, they, they just kind of fumble about. It's almost like they wanted him to die. Well, they try. <laughs> it's just they, like, they, oh, we're trying to get you. And then oh, they, darn, we failed. Did they slightly <laughs> grieve, which is funny because none of them even cry. They're just like, oh, that weird fucking dude. I guess he's gone, okay. Yeah, like, well, they're visibly sad, and, and Kitty's extra upset because, of well, course, she yeah, Kitty's upset cause was that's so her, mean to him. No, that's her first death. That's her first... That's her first death. The rest of them are very familiar with mutant death. So they're just like, oh, Nightcrawler died. Yeah, it's sad. And Kitty's like, oh, no! No! <laughs> Perfect reenactment. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was going yeah, for. Screen actor right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after after all that drama, and, and the thing is, you could like hear like the thumping of someone inside like one of the uh, yeah uh, the, the lockers like before they even like start crying and shit. So like if you're paying attention, you know that he's okay. Right. Um. So eventually they hear something, and, and then um, Colossus runs over to a, a literal smoking locker that should have been like a red flag for anybody <laughs> with eyes. They're just like, oh, what's going on over there? 
Did oh. something randomly catch fire? Oh, oh no. It's just Nightcrawler who was burning up in the atmosphere and he's no. still smoking from it's, it. No, it's Nightcrawler. <laughs> Nightcrawler who is safe now just smoking cigarettes in his locker to yeah. try to hide it from everybody because, you know... The French well, guy, the French guy smoking cigarettes. It's 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 it's, it's oh totally God. canon. It's canon. Well, that's more of a European thing. Like, so it didn't even need to be French, but true. Um, one one of the other things is like, I'm pretty sure if it smells as bad as they make it out in the comics when Nightcrawler teleports, they always say it smells like brimstone. Yeah. It's like sulfur. Yeah. That's like rotten egg yeah. smell. Like it's one of those things like if you smell it like you know it just happened. Yeah. Kind of thing. So like if if someone just like teleported into your into your spaceship that wasn't that gigantic, I'm pretty sure you would be like, "Oh, I noticed something." Oh, he's here. Did yeah. somebody fart? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's some there's definitely some flaws here. Um and then, oh, uh, I wouldn't go that far. Holy shit. Jesus Christ, Keith. Flaws. Wow. Flaws. Flaws. Whoa. Harsh. Whoa. Harsh. Harsh. So, oh. you know what's funny, though, is that, like, Kitty, at that point, was, like, stricken with grief. Because she was like, I was so yeah. mean to him. And he comes it, up to had, her. She had, like, he, thrown herself into he, Colossus's he, arms, too. He, he comes up to her and he says he would have been dead if not for her. Yeah. I what what the no she didn't do shit why why is he giving her credit like I don't I watched it and I don't understand that because she did shit and he saved himself and then he literally gave her that line and I'm like you just well she did she did save him from Magneto yeah she tackled him yeah like. Like he, he was, all right. He was right. realistically gonna get his shit pushed in. But like, st- yeah, but he <laughs> then did like an ultimate sacrifice. He has no. Oh yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, and, he saved the Earth. And, she saved him. And quite honestly, after that, Wolverine speaks, and I just wrote, <laughs> "Why does Wolverine sound like this?" And that's that's pretty that's, much that's literally every um, note you have for Wolverine, not what he actually said. Yeah, no, I didn't write down what he said. I just wrote, "Why, why does Wolverine sound like this?" I, I hate yeah, it. but it's... but in this case, like what he says is like one of the things that really, as a kid, led me into wanting to see more, uh, because he was just storm <laughs> storm Wolverine. A I, dingo ate my baby. I, I could not ingest, <laughs> I could not even apprehend that's the words a knife. that he said because it was. Oh my so... god, that's perfect. <laughs> Oh. Wolverine, is oh, that why they did Australia? Yeah, that's oh, not God. a knife. Yes. This is a knife. This is a knife. Claws come Shink. out of his hands. Boom. Uh, there you go. We solved it. Yep. We did now it, guys. It I'm sense. proud of us. Kind of. So anyway, nah. lead us, lead us out. Don't examine it too much. We lead, solved it. Lead us yeah, to the, out, the outro of this episode, Corey. We're almost yeah, there. Yeah, so Storm, the... Storm ends up taunting Wolverine about how he said Kitty shouldn't be on the team. And he says that she just got lucky. That don't make her an X-Men. Yet. So it was, uh, as a kid, I always wanted to see the next episode. And of course, you know, in the early 1990s, no internet, anything like that. I remember mm. constantly looking for... Uh, more X-Men VHS tapes because that's, you know, how I'd watch it. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how I stumbled upon 
the Night of the Sentinels, which starts the next series. Yes. So, like, as a kid, I remember being like, this is so weird. What happened to this storyline? <laughs> like, you're reintroducing this other, you know, young girl, Jubilee, and it's just like, this isn't the same. Yeah. What's going on here? So it was, like, really weird to me that, like, they never continued this, but I guess in whatever they were showing it on, on uh, their Marvel Universe block or whatever it was, wasn't popular enough. Mm-hmm. So they never made more episodes of it. It is interesting. And honestly, it was a good episode. I feel like this was a... Granted, it was a pilot episode that was meant to be like a starter. It definitely did the like uh, an, an, a very good exposition without being... They worked in the exposition through like the danger room sequence. And I appreciate that because um, they could have just been like... It's action. Yeah, it's action, and they could have... They worked it in in a way where... Um, I don't know. I don't know how I would have felt about it back then versus knowing the X-Men. Like, I I can only view it through knowing the X-Men now and understanding the danger room. If I didn't know the X-Men and didn't understand the danger room, I don't know how I would have felt about that sequence. You know what I'm hmm. saying? Like, if you never saw the X-Men before, and you watched this episode... You're just like, how is this uh, you're just happening? Like, how is... Oh, <laughs> you're just like, oh, there's these people, and this professor's literally just... Like, is this Saw? Is this Saw? He's just... <laughs> mur- he's trying to murder people, and she, this girl is actively watching him murder people, and then he's like, oh, no, just kidding. They have powers, and they're good. They're good. They're good. JK, LOL. They're yeah. good. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, I I don't. That's. I'm kind of wrestling with this episode a little bit because I'm like I don't. Well, if you had to put a number to it, how many uh, horrible Australian accents out of ten would you give it? <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, there there are no more episodes. We know that for a fact. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, technically, if you wanted a continuation of the story, you can play the arcade game. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, I, I even, now that I'm thinking about it, I think Kitty Pride is even in some of the cutscenes. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> um, since Kitty Pride is in some of the cutscenes, I'm going to give it uh, six. Just because it was the first episode, it was never continued. It is, it's definitely worth, it's worth watching, but like, it's worth watching. It's not like a masterpiece. It's not like, it's not great. It's just worth, like, a six is worth watching for the, for the sake of watching because gives you like a. Because it's worth watching. Yeah, because the fact Mm. of like the lineage of the show. (laughs) Right? It's like this happened. The, the, this was a thing that built part of the universe that a lot of things thereafter were built on. So, like, watch it. Like, it, it wasn't bad. It's not fantastic. But at the same time, absolutely worth watching. Um, I guess uh, 
Corey, if you don't mind, I'll go next. Yeah, you can uh, go next. I would give it... Uh, yeah, I was a little torn. Like, uh, initially, I really was sort of trying to get into it and kind of was digging it, and I was thinking maybe giving it seven. But, yeah, I don't know. The more I heard Keith point out some of its weaknesses, it's like, yeah, I don't want to... I don't, but I I won't give it a six either. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in between, go with a six point five, and uh, and I'm definitely not gonna give it a seven just because I don't I I know there's no more episodes. It's just this episode. So if there was more to it, or I knew there was more episodes, uh, then I I probably I give it a seven, and and I try the next episode. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go six point five. Uh, bad Australian accents. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So now I don't know if you know this about me, Tom. You, <laughs> as a scientist, love to do experiments, right? That's true. Well, I also, well, I'm not a scientist, but I like to do experiments. And this is kind of one of the experiments I had where it was just like I was kind of wondering how without nostalgia nostalgia with without the ability to choke on this word like a dick um <laughs> nostalgia goggles <laughs> without nostalgia goggles how would this episode that i like revere so highly as far as like cartoons that i grew up with that like shaped my childhood like how how will you two think about it and it's just like, wow, it makes me wonder, like, is most of this nostalgia? Because I'm going to be honest with you, I'm giving it a 9.5. Wow. Jeez. Like, I, and and the thing is, I've been, I feel very harsh with rating, like, all the other episodes of cartoons we've watched up until now. Mm. And I was thinking about it, and... I don't really, off the top of my head, have a cartoon in mind that I would rate higher than this one. That I could just think wow. of off the top of my head, like if we're talking single episode. And that's because, like, this this was like one of my staples. Like, this, is, this was my go-to. I've watched this cartoon probably 50 to 100 times in my life. Um, and... I think because of that, like, there's a lot of nostalgia. I don't know about you, uh, I, like, a lot of my life, um, a lot of my, like, free time and leisure is, like, spent, uh, chasing nostalgia. Like, I, I'm a retro video game collector. I dabble in a whole bunch of action figures. Every once in a while, I'll remember some cool thing like an act uh a comic that i read back in the day and i'll just be like oh i gotta read that i'll remember a show that i used to watch and just like all right i gotta watch all of this like during the pandemic i ended up watching basically every single episode of power rangers that exists wow and not just mighty morphin i'm talking like 15 2019 yeah. seasons worth of power rangers okay. so like I'm, I'm very nostalgia driven when it comes to shit like that and when a single cartoon, like, by the end of it, you have, like, that, you know, single nostalgia tear dripping down, where it's mm. just like, oh my god, this one hits me, like, you know, uh, like, it's, it's, it was, 
honestly hard not giving it a 10. But I think because of all the stuff with um, Wolverine's horrible accent, <laughs> uh, Magneto not being as powerful as he probably should be and being effectively taken out by a 14-year-old girl. Mm. Not to mention, um, in my mind, because I used to watch this show, uh, this this VHS tape, while playing with action figures back in the day, in my mind, all the fights that happen in it are a little bit more robust because it'd be like it wouldn't just be Juggernaut throws a gigantic uh, like slab of metal and Colossus catches it. Like I would continue the fight. It wouldn't just be a few punches. It would be a lot more epic than that. Yeah. So, like, I guess like that also is influencing my score a decent amount, but. I can pretty much guarantee this is going to be the highest score I end up giving out for a very long time, unless we're talking about, like, some classic, like, Ghibli movie or, I don't know. Like, I can't even think about what would top this, to be honest. Which which is funny, because, like, we've had, like, me and Tom have had, like, uh, scores that we've said have, like, nostalgia has come in, but, like, it was nostalgia to, like, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. It wasn't like childhood nostalgia that we were just like, oh, like, no, this was like huge. Like, this is like your, to me, this is your like Ninja Turtle, like original Ninja Turtle. Like the original Mm. Ninja Turtle movie, which was not a cartoon. A masterpiece. So we're not going to watch it, but... The original, the original Ninja Turtle movie, the live-action Ninja Turtle movie for me, that was like that level. And yeah, it's not a cartoon, so we're not going to watch it on this show. Unless viewers vote if you want us to watch it, we'll fucking watch it. But that, to me... Don't tell them to do things in places they don't have any forum to do it yet. That's true. Spin-off po- spin podcast. <laughs> we'll do live-action live Let's Let's yeah, release we'll... one public episode first. That's true. Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> that, that, yeah. you don't know. Fifth They're wall. already out there. Who knows? We'll do the spin-off commentary. <laughs> we'll do the cinema commentary. It could be the spin-off. But I totally understand it because if if I watch that show or that movie, because um, it's a movie, not a show, but if I watch that, like... I haven't watched it in years, but I can't imagine being like, no, that's not below a nine. Like, it's it's too nostalgic. Like, I've watched it as a kid literally over a hundred times. So, hmm. like, I wore out the VHS to the point where it was snowy. Like, snowy. Yeah. You it know? was all tracking. Yeah. All the time. Yep. So, like... There's no way that that's not going to get a huge rating because of the nostalgia. Like, that's. It's what it is. And the thing is that I don't think this episode was bad by any means. I feel like me and Tom rate it a little bit lower down because of the. Like I said, (laughs) the voice acting. It's like. It's Wolverine being. Fucking Jack Dundee. Like, (laughs) he's. He's just straight up like, uh, like, like imaginary. I wish, I wish I could do an Australian accent. Oh God, 
just because there's like so many things I want to say, but I can't do the Australian accent, so I just the problem. The problem is, if you did, it would probably be more. It would be more realistic than what the show did. <laughs> oh, oi there, governor! Yeah, there you go. Totally more realistic. <laughs> Um, she's just a kid. She's just a kid. I did go eat my adamantium. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it it was just, it was awkward having his accent be just so extreme. Um, I think the thing is, I kind of wanted to be there in person for you to watch it because I felt like, both of you would have like the same reaction once he started talking and just be like, <laughs> totally. got yeah. hit in the face. She's like, Whoa. Oh. You know oh, what would have happened is that I would have been silent and Tom would have been <laughs> laughing hysterically. <laughs> I would tell you right yeah. now, I would have been dumbfounded and Tom would just start <laughs> belting out laughing. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know exactly, exactly what would, would happen. Yep. And neither one of us would have been able to talk though. I would have just been like, completely silent struck and he'd be too busy laughing and then <laughs> 10 minutes later Tom would go is he supposed to be Australian and I'd be like yep I think yeah. so oh man god damn so um, so yeah I, I don't know I mean it was honestly it was a great episode honestly mm. back in the day that cartoon fucking baller like that was a good cartoon there's no doubt about it but it's just we're looking at it literally like 25 years later and as adults who are able to recognize accents and and, and how ridiculous they are (laughs) yes and two of the three of us have probably not seen that and that's you know it is what it is unfortunately it's it's not bad. It's just it's it's dated. <sighs> I hate to say that, but um, some I mean, of the, some of the animation I feel like is like next level. Like some of the scenes with Magneto, oh, totally. like when he busts yeah. out of the uh, totally. Like that I mean, was pretty pretty well it, animated. It was impressive. Yeah, I thought yeah. for the time and and. I imagine for what the budget was, I thought that was impressive. Yeah, I mean, I if if we're than... if we're talking about like the budget of a RoboCop episode for TV, yeah, the animated series of RoboCop, which I I honestly I can remember a few episodes of it, and we're gonna have to add that to the list probably because I want to revisit that. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, it's not exactly breaking the bank in terms of uh, what you got to work with there. Yep. <laughs> All right, True. but I think that's going to do it for this episode of Cartoon Commentary. Uh, we'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to three guys ramble about cartoons. If you'd like to ramble about our ramblings of what we rambled about, you can join the Cartoon Commentary podcast group on Facebook. Uh, eventually, I'll figure out how to get you to actually go there. Because oh. I don't know if you need to give like a specific URL. I haven't looked into how to join a Facebook group no, in a long no, time. No, I'm pretty sure you just <laughs> tell people to go to Facebook and search it, and they'll. Yeah. You know, if like you, is it, is it just gonna pop up? I don't know. If you I'm build, already in it. It's hard you, for me to tell. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. If you have any questions, uh, comments, or corrections for us, you can reach us at cartoon commentary podcast at gmail dot com. 
And until next time, I've been Corey. I've been Tom. I'm supposedly Keith. Bye bye, eh? <laughs> Oi! Oi! A Diggo ain't good my goodbye. A Vita thing. <laughs> I don't know. Bad, bad Wolverine. Bad, bad, bad Wolverine. Oi! Au revoir. <laughs> Dick. <laughs>